Sign up at MyBookie and use our promo code GATERS to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you on this Sunday, game review time, Florida, Tennessee. Gators take down the balls 38-14. Clucky performance. I think overall we can say that, but a good performance nonetheless there. Anytime you can beat Tennessee 38-14, I mean, you take a score like that. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, as I said, clunky performance. Emory Jones continues to show some improvement. Running attack continues to pile up some yards. Defense, big plays. But besides that, okay performance. Uh, they're going against that up-tempo offense, and we know that up-tempo offense gives Todd Grantham some troubles. Big plays in the first half. Tennessee gets shut out in the second half, 14 points total, for all 14 points in the first half. So, of course, there's good, there's bad to take away uh, from the performance from the Gators, but 38-14 to 14 victory over the Tennessee Balls. The Gators get their first SEC win of the season, and this one's an SEC East win, of course, over the Vols. And the week after the Alabama game, wondered about the hangover, wonder, uh, all that good stuff of <laughs> playing Alabama. What do you do the next week? How do you perform? Um, we'll get into it a little bit, of course, uh, what that means. A fast start for the Gators. Uh, they get off to a fast start anyway, but it didn't last long. So there, there we go. It was a fast start and nothing really more when you look at the first half of the game there. So, of course, I mean, the, the storylines, uh, injuries uh, come into that uh, a little bit too. But before we get there, Big shout out to everybody. Uh, tailgate was awesome. Harmonic Woods again. Thanks to those guys. Plenty of you stopped by, said hello, uh, got some pictures, hung out with a lot of you there uh, at, at the tailgate uh, on the way to the stadium, in the stadium, all that good stuff. Uh, just a big thanks to Tony Aguilini. I, I went as a fan this time, not uh, sit, not sitting in the press box. So uh, Tony sat, sat with him and his dad. A really, really good time. Uh, there, so probably hurt my voice a little bit. So uh, I was more of a fan yesterday, always a fan, but I have to kind of dial it down in the press box, that not in the stands, of course. Gator chomping, hollering, high fiving, clapping. You know, I can't get away from that. I'm still look. You guys know I'm a Gator fan first. Uh, so, um, but you know, I got to split it up with the podcast. I understand the responsibility here I have uh, for you guys and, and with myself with this podcast, but I'm not going to get away from being a fan either. So uh, big. A lot of fun there, uh, tailgating in in, in, in stands uh, with the fans as well, so uh, uh, fellow fans uh, as well. So once again, thanks for Tony there and everybody stopping by tailgate, saying hello, taking pictures. Uh, <laughs> I get conversations there from people at the tailgate saying they talk about the podcast at Spurrier's the night before, and that happened last week for the Alabama game as well, uh, and all that good stuff. So everybody who talks about the podcast with their friends and – People say they end up knowing me or tailgating all that kind of stuff. The, the word gets out that uh, how much you guys appreciate it. I appreciate you 
so much. So thank you. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Of course, Florida, Tennessee, no AR, no Elam. There was the injury concerns coming into the week. Uh, I let you guys know it was not not I mean, not a big secret there, but uh, Elam uh, toward the later parts of the week, uh, maybe a little bit on Wednesday, but mostly Thursday, Friday, that uh, Elam probably was not going to play versus Tennessee. Did not even dress out. Was unavailable. Avery Helm and Jason Marshall were announced as the starting cornerbacks uh, in the preseason uh, pregame, and uh, that's what we got. Uh, those two guys there, Elijah Blades, played a lot as well, uh, coming in and, and, and filling in for one of those guys. Uh, mostly, I think it was the third drive of the game, and him and Helm were out there uh, together, what I saw, but it was mix and match all, all throughout the game. No AR. We'll get into that, too. Uh, a little bit later on. But, you know, the game started exactly how we would want it to on both sides of the ball for the Gators. You couldn't ask for a better start <laughs> for for both sides of the ball here. So Tennessee gets the ball, Florida defers. Uh, Florida wins a toss, and just like last week versus Alabama, they defer to the second half. I was like, that has worked for Florida in the past, trying to get that two-for-one. We'll get into that. That was a big storyline in this game for me uh, toward the end of the first half, beginning of the second half. Uh, but Florida defers. Tennessee starts with the ball, and it was just like, oh, okay, here we go. You know, we know the problem Todd Grantham has on, with some up-tempo offenses and just slow starts in general. I was just like, eee. well, okay, well, <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I kind of agree with Mullen now with the whole deferring to the second half. I mean, the two-for-ones have worked out so well historically since he's been head coach here at Florida. It's hard to necessarily really um, go against uh, what he's trying to do uh, in that situation. almost worked out as we'll get into it. But Tennessee starts. Here we go. Defense forces the three and out. Oh, there we go. Let's go defense. You know, we got that start. We've been wanting something we've been wanting to see from this defense. It's uh, an up-tempo offense that Todd Grantham has had trouble with, and the Gators pitch a three and out on the first drive of the game. You know, and especially after last week, good job. Job done. Uh, Tennessee goes nowhere in the first drive of the game. Florida gets the ball, responds with a touchdown their own, uh, responds with a touchdown, goes up 7 nothing. Pretty much a drive constructed by Emory Jones. The Gators uh, couldn't get that ground game going with the running backs early. That was a, a storyline uh, here about first drive as well. Ten play opening drive going 66 yards when Emory Jones contributed for 24 yards on the ground, 20 yards through the air, including a 16-yard pass to Justin Shorter. Justin Shorter getting more involved this week. Uh, and then a four-yard touchdown pass to Malik Davis for the 7-0 lead for the Gators. Drive was also aided by a face mask penalty on the Vols. So, all right, after last week versus Bama, uh, and, and you worry about the hangover, Gators come out, 7-0 league, get a 3-9 and on defense, both sides of the ball start well. Tennessee's second, of the drive, second drive of the game, just too easy for the volunteers here. Explosive plays pretty much the whole drive. On this drive, Vols quarterback Hendon Hooker, 15-yard gain, running back Jabari Small, 16-yard run. Um, that was uh, on the sixth play of the drive. And then Hendon Hooker finds Tyon Evans out of the backfield for a 47-yard touchdown on third and eight. Uh, that was the sixth play of the drive. So Jabari Small with a 16-yard run, and then on the sixth play of the drive, that's where Tennessee finds their touchdown. Hendon Hooker, Tyon Evans out of the backfield for a 47-yard touchdown on third and eight. Well, didn't have a lot of success on third down, but they did there on the second drive of the game. Third and eight touchdown for Tennessee. Mari Burney in position to make the tackle. Uh, at the line of scrimmage, misses in pursuit there. Uh, and then another tackle missed by Rashad Torrance. Evan goes, Evans for Tennessee goes on to score. 
Another situation, the defense in position, a lot like last week, they're in position to make a tackle, in position to make a play or limit a play only to give up yards after the catch and yards after contact, and the ball is tied up at seven. So, you know, two ways to look at that. Grantham's got him in position. That's on Amari Bernie. That's on Rashad Torrance to make a play. Okay, there you go. Now, I guess you can argue, and I know a lot of you will, Amari Bernie shouldn't be on the field all that often. Um, but Florida's going to rotate those linebackers, Moon, Diabate, uh, Bernie, Hopper. Hopper got a lot of play uh, this game as well. But Vols took advantage of Bernie being on the field uh, there, and he does not make the tackle. So, you know, that's just uh, – I mean, if don't blame the staff for putting the players in the position. Players were in position. Uh, but if you want to maybe blame them for who they had out there at a the certain time, but, I mean, at that point, look, guys, it, it's on the players to make a play. And I'm not giving a pass for grants. I mean, there were some there were some big plays in that drive. But third and eight, the guys are in position. It should have been a short, a pretty short game for Tennessee. Mar Burning can't make the tackle. Rashad Torrance can't make the tackle. Ten, touchdown, Tennessee. Gators respond with a field goal in the next drive, lead 10-7. And that was a drive doomed by at the end by a false start to delay a game for the Gators after driving in a little bit. And, look. I mean, you can't shoot yourself in the foot there. But 10-7 lead for the Gators uh, on the drive right after. And, look, I said the only way I saw Tennessee staying in this game, hitting the big play, and that's what they did to take the lead later on in the second quarter. You know, Florida's avoided plays. The defense has avoided plays much you know, like like this much of the season. Uh, but Mordecai McDaniel, look, we all wanted to see it, man coverage. But uh, he gets he's in man coverage, gets caught looking in the backfield, Javante Payton runs right by him. Easy pitch and catch there for Tennessee. 75-yard touchdown for Javante Payton there for Tennessee. And Tennessee takes the lead 14-10 to 10 over the Gators. And, I mean, another thing where, I mean, that's on the player. I mean, he's back there looking. No need to have his eyes in the backfield. Tennessee's stacking the receivers there. You know you're – I mean, Mullen even said it after the game. You know your assignment there. Your assignment's not to look in the backfield. Your assignment is to play man-to-man on your receiver, and you didn't do it. You had your eyes in the backfield, gave up a big play. And, you know, you've been better in that regard this season, uh, but one one look into the backfield, slow to, re- slow to react to the pass already because the guy's already behind you. Easy pitch and catch there for Tennessee. Tennessee's leading 14-10. to 10. That would be the last points Tennessee would score of the day but look at that i mean two big plays for the vaults uh you know touchdowns in the first half those two plays amounted for 122 of the 261 yards in the first half two plays 122 yards 261 yards in the first half uh they failed to score again in the second half or for the rest of the game defense was up and down the rest of the night for the gators uh, did play better but you know, also aided by some self-inflicted errors by Tennessee and drops and missed throws and bad snaps. And um, now the the big difference in the game uh, was before halftime. And as clunky as the game looked, Florida had a chance to pretty much uh, put the game away if the team executes the next few drives. And this is the storyline of the game uh, right here. Florida p- could have pretty much put the game away uh, in the first half if they had done some things right. Did some things right, didn't do everything right. And that's why it was a close game at halftime. But Florida gets the ball with 6.37 left in the first half on their own 41. Gators convert a third and five, hit a couple of explosives with a 20-yard catch from Xavier Henderson. 
Then one more from Naquan Wright uh, on a big 23-yard gain. Uh, as Tennessee defenders there are, are lunging at his feet. Uh, can't really make good contact. He goes on to score a touchdown. Um, you know, that was uh, uh, the, the same drive, right? All he had to do was go beat one man. <laughs> he slipped earlier in the drive uh, there. So uh, good you know, potential bigger play earlier in the drive, but he scores anyway. But Tennessee guy just lunging at his feet there. Can't really make good contact. Touchdown, Naquan Wright. Gators get the lead that they never give up. Great blocking on that play, too, um, by uh, Kamori Gamble uh, and downfield by Xavier Henderson. As I said, same drive right slipped on earlier in the drive. Uh, needed to make one miss, one man miss for a huge game, possible longer touchdown. Uh, but the Gators leading 17-14 right there. And then, look, Tennessee gets the ball back with 4.07 left in the first half. Plan here. You guys, you know, I just mentioned it earlier uh, in, in the show. See if you can get the ball back before halftime. Uh, and see if you can get that two for one uh, since you start with the ball after halftime. And that's what the Gators do. Defense steps up. Gator balls go three and out uh, on a drive highlighted by Zach Carter sack on third and eight uh, and a bad snap there. Pressure was getting there anyway, but you know, Carter bull rushes uh, the tackle into the backfield, gets the sack there for the Gators. Three and out for the ball, balls. Gators get the ball back, 316 left in the first half at the Tennessee 40. And this was after Tennessee had got called for targeting that separate unsportsmanlike as well Florida gets 30 yards and penalties there Tennessee players ejected uh, for, for for targeting there it's lining up for the Gators to get a score right here before halftime uh, get try and get that two for one uh, there Florida can't get the run game going early in this possession sets up a fourth and two Gators go for it Dan Mullen calls up a beautiful play fake quarterback run Emory finds a wide open Jacob Copeland Copeland then has a group of balls around him eventually. He's fighting for extra yards, gets stripped, fumbles the ball. Balls are ripping at it. And there you go. Turnover, deep uh, going into score. Florida unable to put up points right before halftime to essentially put the game away as we know it played out. But, uh, look, a, ten, a, a touchdown there puts the Gators up by 10 going into halftime. Doesn't happen. Florida goes into halftime up 17-14 after a clunky first half there. You had to turn over. Couldn't get the run game uh, necessarily going with the running backs just yet. It was there, but not, you know, not the powerful running we were seeing versus Alabama uh, there. But, you know, Tennessee, it goes, we go into halftime here, 17-14 Florida. Tennessee with a 261-213 to yard edge because of the big plays. Falls are averaging 8.7 yards in the first half compared to Florida's 5.8, those two big plays. Uh, that was the game so far. Explosive plays, keeping the balls in it. Also, defense went super conservative there that last drive before halftime, uh, pretty much you know giving up yardage. So and that played into it a little bit for, for stat padding. <laughs> I mean, Florida got really conservative, dropping eight guys into coverage there. Tennessee does that uh, little pitch pass and gains a whole ton of yardage there, pretty much letting, letting Tennessee get in the field goal range. Um, you know, that wasn't a plan, of course, but that's what happened. It, it let Tennessee get in the field goal range. Luckily, they missed a field goal uh, there. But, you know, Florida, clunky first half, both sides of the ball just a bit. That turnover killed, killed uh, uh, some, some momentum uh, going into halftime. Tennessee misses that field goal. Defense gives up, gives up those big plays. So you're just like, okay, just go settle down. Go settle down at halftime. That's exactly what Florida did. We'll get into it, but. Emory Jones at halftime. I mean, you haven't really discussed all this, but 12 of 15, 104 yards and a touchdown. He completed his last five passes in a row going into halftime. 
nine carries, 41 yards in the first half as well. We know how big uh, his legs were going into the second half. We'll get into all that too. Uh, but that's what it looked like at halftime. I, I thought, you know, you could see some improvement there from Emory Jones uh, in, in the first half going in uh, to uh, halftime there. Okay. Then comes second half. Tennessee gets shut out. Gators score 21 points. 28, 28 unanswered dating back to the first half. Like I said, could have had even more. <laughs> Jacob Copeland doesn't get stripped fumble there. Good response by both sides of the ball in the second half overall for the Gators. But right, before we get to the second half, let's move forward a little bit. NFL talk. You know, you guys are listening here on this on Sunday uh, there. So you probably already got your bets in for this week's NFL action. But let's look forward a little bit. Next week, Tom Brady returns to New England for the biggest game of the year so far in the NFL. And the stakes have never been higher at my bookie. Look, I know it's early in the week here, but you know whether you're back in the Bucks or the Pats on next Sunday, the game's always more exciting when you've got money on it. And you can do that at my bookie. You get in on the action, take the game to a whole new level at my bookie. Both teams right there are sporting top defenses. Nobody knows each other better than Brady and Belichick all those years together. Slow and steady will win this race. Smart money just might bet the under. Don't wait around. Join my bookie now and get the biggest game and get in on the biggest game of the season. Use promo code Gators and double your first deposit. Again, that's promo code Gators to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Do it at my bookie and start your winning season today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, guys, let's get into the second half of Florida, Tennessee here. Gators didn't get that two for one. And that's what you were looking for there at the end of the first half. But you did start the second half with that score anyway. You get the touchdown, a quick six-play drive capped off by the double pass from memory to Trent Whittemore as Whittemore finds an open Kamori Gamble in the end zone for a touchdown. And, hey, that play looked familiar. It was. It was the same play in 2018 versus Mississippi State. Kadarius Tony finds Morrill Stevens in a very, very close game to win that game for Florida. Uh, but, yeah, same exact play there. But, look, this drive also highlighted by a beautiful throw from Emory to Justin Shorter for 33 yards, right over the shoulder, right to the breadbasket to beat the defender there. Uh, Gators now lead 24-14. Gators with a little tempo this drive as well, if you may, you may have noticed. And Mullen getting in his bag play calling. I mean, starting with that uh, – that play for Justin Shorter on the fourth down. It was a beautiful play. You know, Mullen can't help that Justin Shorter get stripped there, but beautiful play design starting right there. I mean, Mullen started calling a masterful game the rest of the way. Um, and look, the run game, running back run game started a little bit slower and they want it than they wanted. And it, to me, I think it held the offense from getting in the groove that they probably were planning on getting on, but it eventually worked out. We know we'll get into the stats there and you guys all, all saw the runs there. Um, but, uh, that first drive of the second half, highlighted by the pitch and catch Emory to Justin Shorter and then the double pass from Whittemore to Gamble. Gators up 24-14. Um, now the defense, man, I tell you, they come out just getting gashed in the run game on the first drive of the second half from Tennessee. Tennessee had runs of 10, 8, 6, 11 on this drive. And then on the 14th play of the drive, their first drive of the second half, fourth and five for the Vols. They had already converted one fourth and five on the drive. Uh, the Vols run mesh routes. Avery Helm gets lost in coverage. Honestly, probably could have been a pit call in Tennessee. Um, Gators catch a break, uh, but uh, another Tennessee receiver probably could have been called for a pick. 
to me because it looked like he was clearly looking for contact, not running his route. Uh, Gators catch a break. Callaway drops the possible catch and a possible catch and run for a touchdown there uh, as, as Helm got you know held up in that uh, mesh route. Florida takes over right there. Catch a break. Fourth and five, Tennessee going for it. Possible touchdown, but you catch a break. Has to happen sometimes. Um, and look, Florida, do, Florida does what they needed to do to extend the lead, basically put the game away here on the following drive. Gators follow that up with an eight-play, 70-yard touchdown drive that takes four minutes, five seconds off the clock. Drive starts with a 13-yard pass to Rick Wells and then an Emory 24-yard run. That pass to Wells. Uh, Emory Jones sprints out um, to his right. Great pass to Wells on the sideline. Great concentration. Get a foot down for Wells as he's just fully sprinting towards the sideline. Great pass from Emory to, to, to Wells there. And then a nice read option by Emory uh, and a little block by Zipper on the outside. Jones is tackled 24 yards later. Drives capped off by another beautiful play call from Dan Mullen. Jet sweep screen to Rick Wells is called. No balls even close to him on the third. It was third and one play call from the nine-yard line. Tennessee trail, defenders were trailing Wells the whole time. Uh, and as soon as he motions, he motions. Tennessee can't catch up with him in the motion. Easy pitch and catch for the Gators. 31-14 right now for the Gators. Gators rolling. Dominate the third quarter. 14 nothing score in the, in the quarter. 158 yards to Duvall's 82 yards in the third quarter. 11.3 yards for the Gators in the third quarter. 4.1 for Tennessee. That's the quarter that won the game for the Gators. So let's go. Moving on to the fourth quarter quickly here for this recap. Credit to the crowd here. Tennessee's first drive of the first quarter, fourth quarter. Fourth and two near midfield. Ball's going to delay a game. Crowd's loud. Crowd's raucous crazy. And credit to yourselves there. Uh, delay game. They punt on fourth and seven after they were going for it on fourth and two. A little, a little disappointed here on the Florida side of things. Florida takes over, gets that 49 yard Emory Jones run, another explosive run in the run game for the Gators, this time from Emory Jones. Uh, Florida had first and 10 at the Tennessee 38 after that play, end up punting uh, after a sequence of a incomplete pass, two yard loss to Naquan Wright, then a false start penalty. Then a six-yard Emory run on third and 17. Gators punt on the drive. Defense gives up first third down on the next Tennessee drive. The Vols throw a couple of uh, a couple yards short of the marker here, and this is where you want to see. This is kind of what we saw last week, kind of what we've seen all year. Tennessee, they, you know, third down. They get to their first third down of, of this drive. Throw short. Two yards short of the marker, Travez Johnson, Jason Marshall uh, give up yards after the catch, and uh, the balls get the first down. Gators settle down, though, uh, on, the, on the drive, even after a face mask penalty. Uh, on the next play after the face mask, Tennessee tries a flea flicker. Pitch is fumbled. It wouldn't have mattered anyway. <laughs> we got a, a player we haven't heard a whole lot from so far this year. Princely Human Milan was in the backfield so fast, uh, he would have had the sack anyway. Uh, in, in the same spot, Tennessee recovered that fumble. Uh, great speed shown by him in beating his man. Look, Tennessee tried to block him with a tight end, and that's what you want to see from this young player, Princely, here. Tennessee thinks they can block him with a tight end. Clearly a mistake. Good play there by this second-year Gator. Led to Tennessee punting on a couple plays later, fourth and 23. Good job by the defense to, 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 to keep up there. Um, shaky start to the drive, but we're able to, with some young players, uh, turn it around. Um also, you know, with that, you know, it was you know, Tennessee was if they could keep it close there for you know, they were, they were going to be going for it, you know, to, to try and stay in this game. But with that sack, after a, a couple of successful plays and a, and a face mask penalty, 
you know, they've set up their pretty good field goal range. They're going to go for it in that situation. But it was fourth and 23 after that, uh, after that failed flea flicker sack fumble uh, attempt there uh, with Princely getting that. It ends up being fourth and 23. There's no way Tennessee can go for that. So you, you, you drove them back even further. Good job of the defense to keep it that far enough so Tennessee couldn't even try a fourth down conversion to try and get back into the game there. Tennessee punts. Next drive, Malik Davis completely takes over, puts together a touchdown drive that salt the, salt the game away to 12 plays, 80-yard drive, takes six minutes and 20 seconds off the clock there for the Gators. That's exactly the type of drive you wanted to see there in the fourth quarter for the Gators. Malik Davis on this drive, back-to-back four-yard carries on the first two plays. Then a 10-yard blitz beater from Emory finds him. You know, blitz is coming, Emory that – your hot read is Emory, uh, Malik Davis in that situation. Easily finding there, 10 yards. Then he gets a carry on the next play as well for Malik Davis. Seven yards there. So first four plays of the drive, that's 25 yards from Malik Davis on the first four plays. You know, so it's only, it's only right. He caps off the drive a, co- um, you know, a, later, a few plays later. A couple of hop-step broken tackles for another touchdown. His second of the night. And Florida leads 38-14. to That will be the final score there for the Gators. And look, Tennessee gets the ball back after that. And there's no hardly time on the clock there. They gained 65 yards on the final drive of the game. And I'm I'm not going to count that all that much. People will look at the final box score and look at Tennessee's total yards. And don't get me wrong, could Florida have played better on defense? Absolutely. Uh, but at 65 yards at the end, uh, I'm, I'm not counting all that too much. <laughs> Backups are in there. The game was over, essentially. Those Yes, those yards count. Tennessee had 423 yards uh, on the game. Take away that drive. Tennessee had 358 yards the rest of the game. Weigh that how you want. Uh, that's the way I'm going to look at it. I, I'm not counting that last drive all, all too much. You can if you want. I'm not telling you how to think <laughs> there. Uh, but uh, and also that first drive, that, that last drive at the end of the first half, too, Florida just dropping and being so conservative. You can count those how you want to. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily how Florida is going to play defense. Um, so, but you know, you still don't want to see Tennessee with over 400 yards. But I'll put some context to it, uh, and you can go from there. All right, 38-14 victory for the Gators over the Tennessee Volunteers. All right, of course, let's get into some of the storylines of the game before we sign off here on Gators breakdown. Emory, Emory Jones, getting better. Forcing the run game now, you have to account for him. Teams are going to really have to account for Emory Jones. And look, I thought that's something we would see in SEC play. First of all, helps the offense. Second of all, helps him, helps the running backs. It, uh, is, a, it is a chain reaction there, getting a good uh, quarterback run game as a threat. Uh, so many options back there uh, for, for the Gators. Very unpredictable how the run game will go once you throw Emory Jones' legs in here as well. Scrambles on, on, on busted plays. About 15 attempts for 144 yards for Emory Jones to go along with 21 to 27 passing, 209 yards and two touchdowns. A little conservative um, for him, of course, if you want to look at the numbers and the yardage. But he's now taking care of the ball. And I, I think that comes with it, hopefully. Um, you know, the steps are being made. He played a good game. Hopefully the next step in his evolution, as we've seen so far in four games this season, he has gotten better. You can't deny that. Is he where a lot of you want him to be? Probably not, but he is getting better. He's, um, yeah, we'll, and we'll see what it means uh, for, for moving forward. Uh, there's going to be some split in time with Anthony Richardson, I believe, coming back. But still, now you, you, you have a good sample size of Emory Jones now, and the sample size is he's getting better week by week. Look, 
quarterback development is not cookie cutter. It's not going to be the same for every program. Would you like to see Emory Jones at the four-year starter come in right away and the ball's flying and you don't have to worry about anything? Sure. But he hadn't played or hadn't started. These are his first starts. He's learning. He's progressing along the way. Steps are being made, and he played a good game. Look, more accurate over the middle. And that's something that stood out in this game to me that we haven't really seen um, too much going in, especially when you like when the, the first couple games and, and going over the middle. That was accuracy wasn't really there. The timing wasn't all that really there. Uh, so, look, still a little bit behind on timing and decision making speed and, and not seeing open raw receivers while having some time. He could have had even more yards sometimes if he were just taking it down just a little sooner ran. But, I mean, you're, go- you're not going to be perfect. You know, nobody's going to be perfect. And go look at quarterback play right now across the nation. I mean, it's you – know, you start comparing Emory to uh, uh, some other quarterbacks out there right now, and it doesn't look that bad, guys. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, but, you know, still a little behind timing, decision-making, not seeing receivers. You know, while see- while having some time, still missing some, some of the receivers. But he's getting better with each game. Let's just keep seeing these steps being taken by Emory Jones uh, moving forward. Mullen, you know, decided to hold off on Anthony Richardson for another week. Mentioning in post game, he is cleared, but still had a little trouble accelerating and decelerating with that hamstring tightness. I uh, could feel it just a little bit. Give him some more time off. Said that after the game, Richardson will be a full go at Monday's practice. So here we go. Stats for the team. I'll pull those up in a second as well on my end, but uh, just a few that just stood out for me. I took notes of Tennessee. Averaged only giving up 54 yards a game on the ground. Gators had 283 yards rushing. Tennessee averaging 54 yards given up. The Gators had 283. No, there were some troubles getting the, getting the running back yards early, but once they had to respect Emory Jones' legs a bit more too, run game opened up. Shout out to the offensive line once again. Stuart Reese didn't play. Josh Braun steps in. Delance gets injured in the game. Tarquin fills in, plays well. Hopefully the late injury to Kingsley Egelcon isn't serious. Uh, he's playing so well up front up center. Uh, but, you know, the, had a question. You know, a new guy coming in at center. Uh, and what, what was going to be, you know, this Florida offensive line starting there at center with Egelcon. I mean, you've got, to, you've got to be happy with what you've seen with that group so far. Hopefully injuries are not piling up there. Uh, as you know, we, we questioned if Florida even had – or many did. I, I, I thought the offensive line would play better this year. But many questioned if Florida even had five offensive linemen. You feel pretty comfortable with seven right now. But you can't have these injuries start piling up there. Uh, so probably would have liked to see more back up there late in the game for the Gators. But – is what it is. Hopefully not too serious injuries there for the Gators. Uh, Tennessee had only given up three rushes of 10-plus yards so far this season. Three. Only three 10-plus yard rushes this season. Gators had 10 such plays. 10 plays of 10 yards or more. 10 rushes of 10-plus yards for the Gators over to Tennessee. They had given up three all year. Gators had 10. Balls come in, giving up 265 yards a game. Florida finishes the game with 505 yards. There you go. I mean, Gators putting it together there over Tennessee. And let's take a look at some of the stats here. I'll go through for the Gators here, of course. Um, can't forget Troy Whittemore, one for one, 13-yard touchdown pass. <laughs> 539 quarterback ready there you go uh 
Yes, that's a joke, guys. Um, but, you know, Emory Jones, 21 to 27 again, 209 yards, two touchdowns uh, there. As I say, conservative effort. Down, I mean, had some, had some pretty passes down the field. Um, but I know a lot of people want to see the, the, the push down the field a bit more in the passing game. It was a little conservative there. Uh, but look, he's not turning the ball over uh, but, you know, in, in this game. You know, first game without an interception there for Emory. Uh, so very, very good progression in that regard. Um, can it be related to being a little conservative with the ball? Yes, it can be, but don't want to see the interceptions. Got the, it can uh, file that one away for a game without an interception for Emory Jones. Fought a receiving. Here we go. I mean, Rick Wells, four catches, 39 yards, one touchdown. I mean, good for him, man. I mean, he'd been around the program. Could have left at any time, not get any playing time. Sticks it out, stays around Gainesville, and he's mad. He may have, he may become, or may be now, Emory Jones' favorite target so far this year. Uh, there, he's targeted six times, four catches, thirty-nine yards. Justin Shorter, best game of the season as well for him. Three catches, fifty-four yards. A pretty thirty-three-yard catch there from Emory Jones. Um, he was targeted seven times uh, in, in this game, so can see uh, the guys that. Uh, um, it was going to be a different receiver every week. Hey, where's this guy? Where's that guy? Where's that guy? Well, Justin Shorter targeted seven times here, three catches. Xavier Henderson, three catches as well for 36 yards. Copeland, three catches, 32 yards. Kamori Gamble, you know, tight ends, no catches for the cu- first couple weeks of the season. Three more for Kamori Gamble for 29 yards. Malik Davis with two, Damian Pierce with two. For the running back, Snaquan Wright with one, Trent Whittemore with one as well. Nine receivers. Catch passes for the Gators for 222 yards. Let's go rushing statistics, of course, as well. Emory Jones, 15 attempts, 144 yards, averaging 9.6 yards a carry. Basically a first down every time Emory Jones carried the ball versus Tennessee. Had that 49-yard run there from the quarterback position. Damian Pierce, eight carries, 62 yards, 7.8 yards per average, or 7.8-yard average there for Damian Pierce. I mean – Man, I mean, Damian Pierce with the shiftiness and the jukes out there versus Tennessee. I mean, if, it, if there was a one-on-one move to be made versus Tennessee and uh, Damian Pierce was getting that one-on-one, he was making something happen out of it. So a little shiftiness, a little light-footed there moves there from Damian Pierce. And, look, we think of him as this physical bowling ball style of running back, but it was a couple times last night versus Tennessee. He's showing some some shiftiness and, and, and a little bit of – this could be nimble uh, a little bit, Damian Pierce, and that's what he brought to the table. So uh, I like seeing that from Damian Pierce, man. I mean, one of the best interviews you'll get in post game or in, just any time there with Damian Pierce. And, uh, you know, uh, big credit to him, too. Uh, Malik Davis as well, 10 carries, 45 yards. Big game for him. Touchdown catch, touchdown run. That touchdown run was something else, too. I mean, getting physical there for – I mean, I – I really want to give those guys a shout-out. I mean, pretty much every week, Pierce and Davis, a lot of questions about those guys, a lot of questions about this run game. But every week now, I mean, just bringing something to the table. Naquan Wright as well, seven attempts, 32 yards, 23-yard long, 23-yard run for him was his longest. But um, you know, Gators with some more explosive runs uh, there. You know, keep piling up there. So for the game, for the, only four rushers there, Jones, Pierce, Davis, Wright, 40 attempts, 283 yards, 7.1-yard average there for the Gator rushing attack. Let's move to defense here. Some quick stats here for the defense. Trey Dean leading all, leading all the defenders. 11 total tackles there. Uh, five solo, one and a half tackles for loss. Mahmoud Diabate, uh, eight tackles, one solo, 
there for Diabate. Jeremiah Moon continues to play well at linebacker. Seven tackles, three of those solos. Tyron Hopper, seven tackles as well. Amari Bernie, Gervon Dexter, Daquan Newkirk, five tackles apiece. Britton Cox here. Shout out to him for an out for, for a good night as well. Four total tackles, but here it is. Two and a half tackles for loss. Now we like to still see, you know, a couple of times setting the edge there overall for the Gators. I'm not just shouting out Britton Cox here. Uh, but you know, four four tackles, two and a half of those for loss. He had a really good game. Uh, two good games now, back to back for Britton Cox here. Uh, for, for, for the Gators. Princely Human Meelan comes in uh, a good bit as well. Four tackles there for the Gators uh, for Princely. Uh, Finley Graham had three total tackles there, you know, probably later in the game, uh, of course. But Florida now, I mean, you have to wonder. You know, I got, and then I, got, I got really, I really do have to go back. I did a quick rewatch this morning uh, for a lot of this, but also, you know, where all these guys in the secondary filled in when they came in, as I mentioned, I saw Blades early. He had a nice big hit too. I think it was on that same run too where I'm kind of remembering where defensive line didn't necessarily really set the edge all that well. Tennessee running back gets off to the, to the left for a pretty big game, but Blades comes up and just lays the wood there uh, to the Tennessee running back. So nice physical hit there from a, from a cornerback. Uh, but I do want to go back and look at, you know, kind of a rotation for cornerback, when and where the guy's in. Like I said, Finley Graham with three tackles, but for all I know, remember, and that could be, you know, pretty late in the game when a lot of the backups ran, especially on that last drive uh, there for the Gators. But um, so, yeah, moving forward, we do have to see, you know, look at the secondary in their play. Um, I mean, it was, besides, you had the two huge plays for Tennessee, but Helm and Marshall they held up pretty well. I mentioned the, the Helm play and getting caught up in the mesh route, and I really thought a, a pick could be called there. But, you know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah. Florida get to, Florida's gotten away with that too before. So, and you know, that, that's a pretty popular play being run now because refs don't really call that pick all too consistently uh, there. So a lot of coaches see what they can get away with uh, there. But uh, we know hopefully Elam's back. You know, Mullen did say he – he will be probable for next week versus Kentucky. So in my mind, that means he's probably going to play there. You'll have him back along with Elm, Helm and Marshall. But I mean, look, I mean, good experience for those young defensive backs. I mean, you got to get the experience out there. And this was a, a big-time atmosphere to go get it in, and you were thrusted out there. Now, this isn't throwing you out there just to see what you can put on tape. This was throwing you out there because you have to go play. You're starting cornerback. You're, you're all-American cornerback not playing Jaden Hill goes down preseason I mean hopefully you know at, at beginning of the at beginning of the season we don't we we, we, we never would have went back and looked hey Marshall Helm's going to be starting uh, a game this season I don't think uh most of us would have been uh, taken to that too kindly uh thinking that could happen but here we are uh, Elijah Blades coming in and, and playing as well uh, so we'll see where it goes from here. We'll see if this game like this being thrust out there in that situation helps those guys. Of course, I mean, game can't replicate game reps, and that's exactly what these guys need. Rashad Torrance has got to get better um, uh, as well. McDaniel, you know, he was lost uh, on the one man-to-man coverage and having his eyes in the backfield. So some some growing pains for for these young guys, and that's going to happen. I mean, you throw a lot of young guys out there, uh, the, the growing pain, you're going to see the growing pains live and in color on TV or in the stadium. It's going it's to happen. They're not going to just be thrusted in there and expect to go lock down everybody. Uh, there. So, you know, there's some some reasons for the big plays for Tennessee, some reasons for the lapses in defense, but some of those lapses were up front. Inconsistent performance up there by the defensive line, especially what we saw last week after Alabama. Um, now, and, of course, can you 
ramp that up week after week. And, you know, they're probably somewhere along the way and expected dropping energy and production there. You don't want to see it, but kind of just it happens. Now defensive line uh, playing out of position, not playing out of position, getting out of position. Uh, for there, for, for for the interior, that defensive line sometimes led to some big Tennessee runs. Their offensive line uh, and spurts controlled the defensive line. I'm not expecting the defensive line to go out there and, um, you know, <laughs> go, go get a tackle for loss every play. That's just not realistic there for any defensive line right now in today's college football. But after what you saw versus Alabama last week, holding them under 100 yards rushing, uh, their talent profile and the Tennessee comes in here, runs the ball probably better than you expected. Uh, probably be better than the Gators expected as well. You know, so just a little more consistency. This kind of reminds me, you know, Tennessee's got much more talent than USF and FAU. Kind of reminds me of those type of games, but with just a little bit better talent. So you can see why, you know, Tennessee's able to do a little bit better than those couple of teams. But the performance kind of reminded me of that. The defensive line would kind of feast or famine uh, a bit more feasting against those opponents, but also against Tennessee. But you can see where maybe a little bit higher talent profile and you're not being up every play can, can see what it can lead to. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what this defense goes from here. I just think uh, got to be ready. I mean, I know Kentucky hasn't looked good the last couple of weeks, uh, but still will be a physical offensive line, physical presence there. You just see that offensive line play mostly like they did against Alabama, not like they did uh, against Tennessee. <clears throat> All right, let's get into. I bookmarked a couple of tweets uh, um, from you uh, from you guys here last night when uh, you sent when uh, I just kind of posted you know good good clunky performance for the Gators in in there. Uh, I'm just gonna share a couple of uh, there's three responses here from Twitter. Um, Rob says we dropped 38 and feel like we played like trash for the first half. <laughs> Thank God the shark days have ended. <laughs> so, of course, a shot at Jim McElwain there. Dropped 38, of course. Uh, like, I think you uh, scored more on Tennessee this year than you did last year. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people probably forget that uh, aspect, but uh, it did happen. Uh, so, yeah, you know, Florida, very clunky, inconsistent first half. Could have put up another touchdown if Copeland doesn't strip fumble uh, there. So, but you saw how it played out. Uh, CT82. At there is no plan. He goes, I'll take it. It was a classic trap game. And we got a solid, like you said, clunky win. Previous two coaches would have lost this game. And look, and I'll go to, you know, to that part too. You know, I saw a lot of us talk um, in the stadium, on Twitter as well. It's just like, you know, why can't you put the, the performance, why can't you put the throat, you know, step on the throat of a team like Tennessee and Kentucky and, and you know, Vanderbilt, Missouri is a, a, of the SEC. That's why you let those teams hang around uh, a bit. And, and, and like CT82 says, you know, after last week, you did worry about the Bama hangover. And maybe it was some kind of trap game, and you still scored 38 points. And, you know, 30, it's a 38-14 to 14 final when you really didn't play your best. Uh, and, if, and now you know, we're at the point now, and kind of like last year too, so you, you don't want to see it sneak up on you and cost you a loss. But, I mean, 38-14 to 14 in the SEC – you didn't really play your best, but it's still a 38-14 victory. I mean, the game wasn't really all that close in the second half. Uh, once Florida got rolling, I mean, it's you didn't play your best and still won 38-14. I think there was something to be said for that as well. Last one here, Pierre uh, Vogelbacher says, Emory played well. That was a very quiet 144 on the ground. 
D had uh, two busted plays for touchdowns, some spotty tackling for a bit, impressed with how they came out, took care of business in the second half. So there we go. Everybody, thanks for uh, replying to the Twitter post last night about the game and the score. But all in all, you know, I think, like I said, good performance there for the team. Nice to see Emory Jones' progression keeping up. Nice to see this run game continuing and maybe not at the level that uh, you, you saw last week versus Alabama. But, look, some some drop was probably going to be expected. I mean, come on. I mean, the crowd wasn't even as loud as it was versus Alabama. So, I mean, it just uh, it goes hand in hand uh, a little bit. You know, some drop was probably going to be expected it was a little bit of a drop. You still scored 38 points. You only let Tennessee get two but two big plays for 14 points. Shut them out the rest of the way. So good win for the Gators, something that you can also learn from, build on, as you move forward throughout the rest of the year. Will Miles and I, of course, will have more. Uh, we'll dive into the game a little bit more as well. Hopefully get another rewatch in uh, between there, here and there. But, uh, yeah, Will and I will have some more thoughts uh, on the game on Monday. But uh, before we get to the end of this episode – Let's take a look around the SEC, and man, there's some crazy games yesterday, even all around college football there, uh, of course, but uh, we'll take a look here in the SEC. Georgia, 62 to nothing over Vanderbilt. They had no issue whatsoever with the Commodores. That game was over about that kickoff <laughs> for, 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 for the Bulldogs. Uh, no, they didn't expect anything, uh, but um, dominating performance there from the Bulldogs, 62 to nothing over Vanderbilt. LSU, 28-25 Mississippi State. They came back a little bit in that game, but LSU, everybody kind of wondering about this game and how they would uh, respond and, and, and how they would play there for LSU. But 28-25 winners over Mississippi State. Then Missouri takes one, takes another loss, their second loss of the season, lost to Kentucky a couple weeks ago, and now lose to Boston College 41-34. Take that trip to Chestnut Hill, go to overtime, and lose to Boston College 41 to 34. Game of the day that was headlined there in the SEC. Arkansas beats Texas AM 20 to 10. Good win for Arkansas. Uh, momentum building for that program a little bit. You know, Texas AM's quarterback problems, of course, uh, but still a good win for Arkansas, a team that nobody was really expecting much from uh, this year. And here they are uh, under Sam Pittman and get a big top 10 victory over Texas A&M, 20-10 in the neutral site there in Dallas. <clears throat> Auburn had to storm back in the fourth quarter to come beat to, to beat Georgia State, 34-24. Georgia State was in the lead the entire game, most of, you know, most of the game, even midway through the fourth quarter. But Auburn comes storming back, ends up winning by 10, 34-24 over Georgia State. Of course, there you see it here on YouTube version, 38-14 Gators over Tennessee. Kentucky, Florida's opponents next week, 16 to 10 winners in Columbia over South Carolina. That's a close game all throughout. Um, there, of course, that's 13 to 7 for most of the game, I think it was, for Kentucky over South Carolina. But uh, they get uh, another SEC win there for Kentucky and will host the Gators. I believe that's already been determined, 6 o'clock next Saturday on ESPN. And then Alabama. Their win over Florida last week, they respond with a 63-14 to 14 victory over Southern Miss. So there we go. There's your look around the SEC. Week four. Man, can the, will the season slow down, please? Just slow down. Already moving kind of fast here, but uh, just uh, no. Nah. Come on now. Come on. Slow down a little bit. 
slow down a little bit. But here we are, quarter through the season already. Florida 3-1 and one, headed into the game versus Kentucky next week. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Everybody hit live on YouTube. Thank you so much um, there for joining live every Sunday. You guys here, I mean, consistent. And you know, I know my I know my time's not consistent, but <laughs> when we're going live, but you guys show up uh, regardless. So thank you so much. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. Everybody else, thank you so much, too, for all the listens, all the views, all the interaction, like I said earlier on. Couldn't do it without you guys. So here we are. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David. Uh, I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.